0: Morning Project Presents.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the niche podcast ever. And now, let's meet our contestants.
2: Contestant number one.
1: My name is Brian O'Halla. I live in Seattle, Washington with my husband, David, in our cat pajamas. When I'm not playing Famicom or PC Engine games, I like walking on the beach, watching tennis, or doing copious amounts of pull-ups.
2: Contestant number
0: two. Hi, my name is Anne, and I live in Australia. You might think all I do is take long walks in the Outback with kangaroos, but in actuality, I spend my free time reading manga about boys who love other boys, and playing all kinds of weird and wacky video games.
3: And finally, contestant number three. Hi, this is Shidoshi, and I like to... Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, stop that music. This isn't warning huge podcast. I was totally duped.
2: And now, here is your show.
3: So, um, I don't think we've actually worked out how this show kicks itself off yet. So I have no like fantastic intro to to do here. <laughs> um, but we're back. <laughs> All three of us are back. How have you you two been?
1: Good. You go first.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I've been good, too, you know. (laughs) I was going to say, like, one of you has to say something, you know.
0: (laughs) Uh, Playing lots of video games, which is good. Whether or not they're... So
3: so it's... Hmm? No, go oh, ahead, I go was going to say,
0: whether or not they're niche, I guess, would be up for debate, though, unfortunately. <laughs>
3: if they are not, we are kicking yeah. you off this podcast. Right. I'm sorry. That's, I think that's the rule. So it is, it is winter wintertime down in Australia right now, right? That's how this world yep. works? So you have, like, snow and, and igloos. <laughs> and
0: yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think it uh, well, ever gets that cold anywhere here.
3: What is an Australian winter?
0: Uh, well, mm, it <laughs> I guess uh, probably in Brisbane it only gets down to like 50 degrees, is the coldest. And it's pretty much like summer, but uh, yeah, it's a bit cooler.
3: See, the funny thing about Los Angeles is that it's kind of the same, where, yeah, win- winter is basically just summer, but nicer temperatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we actually get green during the winter, and I'm guessing that you even, don't even get that down in Australia. I think you're probably just brown the entire, right?
0: Uh, well, yeah, you, know, like, by the, you know, in Brisbane, it's so pretty, it's like dirt pretty green. Desert. It's not desert here. <laughs> I mean, in the desert, yeah, it's you always got, brown, but no, you know, we've got green stuff.
3: <laughs> you, you don't have trees, actually, in Australia, do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've got flowering trees, even. There are these really nice red trees that bloom right now that are pretty cool
3: then every movie i've ever seen about australia has lied to me yeah. <laughs> cuz i i always thought it was like a big desert with just that like that shanty shack no. <laughs> that the the haggard australian guy you know sits in the porch on and a kangaroo goes jumping by <laughs> koala. or something yes carrying a koala i don't know uh Brian, how have you been
1: uh, good. good although i'm going i'm going to preface everything by saying if i clear my throat i apologize I was telling Anne I've had like a four to five week cold. So anyway, there you go.
3: <laughs> at, at that length, are you sure it's just a cold? Not like.
1: Well, the real cold part was maybe three weeks. And now I've had two weeks of just kind of these, you know, flemminess. Yes. So I would hope so. I mean, I guess it could be something else. But, you know, let's hope not.
3: It's SARS. (laughs) SARS. Yeah, you sound like me. I like to tell my husband,
1: like, you know, I make something up, something horrible, just because he knows that I'm a little um, hypochondriac. So are you? Yeah, sometimes. Uh,
3: (laughs) See, I'm, I'm not a hypochondriac, but I have that problem where if I'm watching something like medically, like I don't think it's I don't think I have it but I, oh. I can imagine it, like, happening to me, and it, like, really creeps me out.
1: Yes. <laughs> I understand. Yes.
3: Um, so we are back. We did our last episode, which was our first episode. Uh, it's strange how that works. And I think we got a pretty good reception.
2: Yeah. Right?
3: Yeah.
1: Nobody, I saw you guys- nobody wanted us tart and feathered except for a couple people. <laughs>
3: Well, will we, uh, we will get to one certain <laughs> moment. Uh, but, you know, like, watching, watching you, your, your two's Twitter feeds, uh, you seem to get a lot of positive reactions to it, as did I. So that was very nice.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, but we did have one person, a, uh, a young, trapping lad named Hayden on the Twitter, who says uh, to all three of us that he's, uh, I'm already looking forward to the next episode. Despite squirming over American pronunciation of niche, <laughs> a.k.a. niche. So we were, we were having a conversation before the show about which one it is, niche or niche, and I think that Anne had decided that it was niche. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't, I mean, I didn't
1: say that it should be said niche. I just said that's how I grew up. But I don't like I, I think I can waffle between the two. So I will try to be nice and I'll try to say niche from now on. Just to just to make Hayden happy.
3: Well, you know what, I do not care about making Hayden happy. <laughs> so I'm saying niche. Okay. <laughs> my my two podcasting co hosts can can please our audience, but that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> no. Um i don't know like i don't know it's it's one of those just words i think that that is said two different ways and what's like uh like like aluminum right
0: oh yeah um,
3: people outside of america america don't say aluminum
0: aluminium
3: aluminium or something oh yeah
0: Yeah. well yeah i'm i'm in the aluminum camp so whenever i hear that over (laughs) here it's a, a little weird
3: Yes. So, you know, I'm sorry, Hayden, but uh, like I, I said before the show, my forefathers did not fight for this country, <laughs> die for this country, and make the Pledge of Allegiance or something like that uh, to not allow me to have the freedom to say niche and a <laughs> So I'm going to continue on with that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so what we do first, I think we do the news first. See, we, we we've done this like show like one time,
2: yeah,
3: and then it's been like a month and a week or so since we did the last show. So we we don't even we don't even know what we're doing yet, but uh, let's do news. We're gonna do news first. So the first thing we were gonna talk about is uh, again, this is a question of pronunciation <laughs> because some people call this game Blaze Blue and some people call this game belay Blue, uh, oh. uh but. Whichever way you pronounce it, Arc System Works just uh, revealed that they are adding three new characters to the game in an upcoming uh, revision. And I should have gotten their names, shouldn't I have? Um, Boy, I'm going to have to edit this.
0: Isn't it Amane, Azrio, and Bullet?
3: Wow. You <sighs> I mean,
0: I don't know their full names, but... <laughs> That's enough, isn't
3: it? That sounds.
1: I know real. two of those were right. The first one, and the last one. I can't remember the middle one. The guy. The
0: guy. I think it's Azriel. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yes. So
3: See, the problem is like they're they're. Uh, yes, Amane is the uh, first character. Azriel is the second, and then the third character does not have a name. And I I do, I do believe you are correct when you say Boyd. I think that is yeah. uh, the three names. So um, what has been kind of interesting about this announcement and these three characters is that uh, their character designs are very <laughs> interesting, I guess you could say. Um, so Amane, if you see this character, first of all, you are like, oh, they've added some new girl in a kimono or something to this game. Uh, But then if you watch videos of Amane, her voice does not exactly match up to what you are expecting from her, as she has a very very male voice. So This character is in fact a a guy uh, presenting himself very femininely am am i right in that? Yes, yes for sure. <laughs> so we'll get into what well so the question is like like what this character is kind of targeting, but we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> when you look at the whole big picture because the second guy uh Azriel is very very big and beefy with uh no shirt on, but a a a coat slung over his shoulders. And flowing long blue hair, <laughs> and then finally we we do have a female character, uh, Bullet, and she has what may be the shortest shorts that you could get away <laughs> with while still calling them shorts. <laughs> Basically, take a pair of jeans, uh, go like about an inch below the belt loops, and cut everything else off, and there there you go. Uh, so, what some people will kind of notice the fact is like these three characters almost kind of seem a little fetishy in a way is you first have the the guy dressed as a a woman and like i'm not really sure exactly what they're they're kind of going for with this character um it almost and this isn't exactly the word because i think this character's style is, is is you know definitely japanese but like the like I, I want to kind of say drag queen, but it's not a drag queen. But it's it's kind of that this is a a male character dressed up as a female character, but not trying to present himself as female, like making it obvious that he is male. And this is a c- character type that you actually kind of see um, in different ways in in Japan. Uh, so in the second character, you like say that the the super big hunky guy, and then the third female, she's. She's a little bit butch in some ways, but in other ways, she's got, like, a very generous <laughs> chest area, if you will. Uh, and like I said, like, almost next to nothing on her bottom. So, like, I wanted to see, like, you for both of you, like, what do you think of these characters? Like, when you see them, I mean, do they have any kind of a- impact in in that kind of way, or are they just three characters that have been added to the game, and this is what they look like?
0: Hmm.
3: When you have to go first, <laughs> yeah. I think Anne should go uh, first.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, uh, you know, when I first watched it, I was first of all the order that they showed them in in the trailer. I remember is Amane, and then you get Bullet, and then you get Asriel third. And when I saw Amane, I was like, yeah, (laughs) I was so excited because, (laughs) you know, I've been kind of um, griping about the fan service that is very prevalent in Blue and how it's obviously directed at men, uh, heterosexual men. You know, you've got Noelle with her short skirt and you've got, you know, all these different characters with very female characters with very skimpy clothing and they're always putting them in. You know, compromising situations in the game's story mode, and so to at first glance, uh, a cross-dressing male character to me, just from the very very basic level, seemed like it is for the female fans. Now, you know, reflecting more on that, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I could say that, but you know, for you know, at least to it appeals to me personally, so I was happy about that. Um, and then I saw Bullet, and I was like, oh, so they threw Bullet in there to kind of, like, balance things out so that the male fans <laughs> won't freak out, you know, when they see this cross-dressing male character. You know, they have to have their regular, you know, uh, female fan service character. And then, you know, they roll in Asriel at the end, and, eh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it was just, like, to bring in more manliness. It seemed like it was all almost to kind of balance out the other characters, you know. It seemed very... <laughs> like, almost cookie-quarter stereotypes. And I kind of feel that BlazBlue is sort of, um, their strong point is their interesting characters and their interesting designs, but all three of these just felt like they were a bit flat and they just really fell into these stereotypes. But uh, I'd be interested to hear what you two think about that.
3: Well, and and before Brian goes, um, what's interesting about Amane, uh, two points is that... That if you see something like the, I think it's the end, end like the wind pose. Um, he and I'm I'm going to use he because I I don't I I don't understand yet what the presentation for this character is. You know, mm. I don't know if it's a character who identifies as female or just like just dresses up this way. Um, so that's why I'm going to use he for now. But he has this very kind of like Japanese princess hmm. almost uh, wind pose where. It looks like he has like the couple handmaidens and stuff there and everything, and then he also has a move that, and I don't know if this works for every character or not, but he actually turns some of the characters into like younger versions of themselves.
0: <clears throat> so it
3: shows like a, a version of Rag- Ragna um, from Amane's Astral Heat, where Ragna is now like this this little like ten year old boy. So someone was saying like, "Oh, maybe Iman is also like a Shotokan as well, you know um, wow. <laughs> but but I don't know so 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 Brian, like like just look at these three characters, and you know as somebody who I believe you're not really into you know blaze blue at all, no um like just when you see those three characters and you kind of know a little bit from what you've seen of the the introduction video, just like like what are your thoughts on these characters?" <laughs>
1: Well, uh, I mean, honestly, without being someone who is all that interested in the series, um, I liked him. I mean, to me, fighting characters should be as flamboyant as possible. And, And I guess maybe Bullet I didn't really see as being flamboyant, but I did like that I think with her like short hair and kind of slightly butch attitude and a deep voice I thought, oh, maybe she's a lesbian. And then there's, you know, Fabio, <laughs> who, you know, the gay men would like. And then there's uh, the, you know, Japanese drag queen. I don't know. I I really liked him. Although I fully understand, you know, I'm coming at this from a totally different perspective than, um like, I have read a lot of Anne's articles about fan service, and, and as a guy, I think, even as a gay guy, just kind of, for some reason, I don't mind, like, you know, these characters with huge boobs and short skirts, I just think they're kind of hilarious, usually. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I thought they were kind of hilarious, That's I liked them, um, but I don't well, know much but... about the series, so
3: yeah but you know you kind of touch on like what my initial feeling was is, is almost like this is like okay, you've got the trans character, you've got the character for the gay guys, yeah. and you've got the character for the for the the lesbians out there, you know it's almost <laughs> like they're hitting all three of those, you know? <laughs> and then like well ho- hopefully the people who are by maybe they'll fit find one of these three that they'll like you know but, de- but it, it
1: I was gonna say the-, the developers figured out that they have a really large uh, l g b t contingent <laughs> playing their game apparently or so <laughs>
3: But yeah, so so it re- it really is just kind of interesting to like look like not knowing much about these characters. You it is very easy to, to to wonder if, you know, like what the intention behind all three of them is. And you know, when I first saw Amane, my brain instantly went back to, of course, Bridget, which is, you know, Bridget is not a trans character. But when you're talking about characters of 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 that kind of type, Bridget often gets you know brought up in that conversation and Bridget is, is easily one of the most well-known characters in video gaming as far as that conversation goes. Yeah. And of course, Bridget was from Arc System Works who makes BlazBlue. So it was almost like, oh my God, this is kind of like a nod back to Bridget, you know, They're like they have to have the guy dressed as the girl in each of their series. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I'm really interested to see how Amane plays out as a character. Like, I want to know like what the the angle is with him and is he just like is he a guy who just hey you know he's, he he likes cross wrestling that's that's what he enjoys and that's that or is there more to the story or you know is there some reason because you know of course with Bridget the explanation was that you know if you have twins of the same sex in that vi- in, in their village it is considered a bad omen so Bridget was f- kind of forced to present as a as a girl so that nobody would know that they had, you know, that family had had twins, twin boys. So I wonder if with Amane, is there going to be a story like that? Or is it just, you know, a preference or, or what? So it, it's kind of curious, but. Um, and you had mentioned them that, that I wanted to bring up. And that was kind of the way this series treats the female characters.
0: Uh-huh.
3: And I think that easily, I mean, uh, Noelle is the by far the most well-known female, I think, from this game. What do you think about her new outfit? Have you seen her new outfit? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I'm a little, I was a little horrified. <laughs> I don't think it's uh, very nice. Even just, you know, just uh, uh, from an aesthetic, you know, kind of non-biased standpoint, I just think it's ugly. But yeah, it's also very fetishy looking to me.
3: Yeah. It's just, it's really funny because I just like with no- with Noelle's new outfit and then uh boy it's like arc system just really really wants to show like that that really super low rise you know belt <laughs> line on their female characters yeah, yeah. i don't know just like it's like it gets me because like you know she was previously a a fairly well-dressed female character and she had her hat on and she kind of seemed like a little more of like a stronger kind of character in a way and maybe that's not how she totally came across that's kind of what her look presented and now she just looks like the almost almost like the totally like the moed you know kind of kind of girl where she's got the 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 big eyes and she's got just such an innocent face now and and half of her clothes are just missing (laughs) yeah i I don't know It's it's a really weird thing to do in to like your main female character in the game
0: yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, so kind of along the same line, in a way, uh, about how games present their characters, uh, we now switch over to Tekken Tag Tournament 2. <laughs> so, um, there's been a lot of talk about swimsuits and fighting games recently. Uh, so, Dead or Alive 5, uh, they just had revealed the uh, pre order bonus swimsuits that you get for all of the ladies of Dead or Alive 5. Uh, when pre-ordering the game, and not to be outdone, uh, recently <laughs> Namco Bandai announced that Tekken Tag Tournament Two would be also be getting its uh, its own swimwear, um, swimwear are actually options that I believe are already built into the game because uh, the folks behind Tekken are actually nice and they don't do things with like DLC, you know, or or really preorder stuff. Uh, But what was interesting about that announcement was it's not just the female characters in the game. Every single character in Tekken Tag Tournament 2 will have some sort of swimwear option. Um, And this is not only the female characters and not only the male characters, (laughs) but even characters like the giant panda (laughs) have their own (laughs) swimwear. And the variety of swimwear is very differing depending on the character. Like, in Dead or Alive 5, it's almost always like, oh, these skimpy little bikinis for all the girls, you know. But in this one, you have, like, the the the, the school uniform swimwear. You have, like, the super sexy swimwear. You have the, the expensive, stylish swimwear. You have the more conservative. So, like, the swimwear is really set to each character and their personality. So, like, I mean, on a whole, the the whole topic of swimwear in a fighting game seems kind of silly, you know, because, like, why does it matter if fighting game characters do or don't have a swimwear option? Um, <laughs> but I think that what they're doing here with Tekken Tag Tournament 2 is really, really interesting. Uh, so, like, like, Brian, like, what w- you've seen the options they're giving for these different characters like what do you think of this whole idea that the way they're doing it with with Tekken
1: well I mean I would I would roll my eyes and groan if it was just if it was typical and just the women I would say okay whatever but um I don't know I think it's again it's kind of hilarious that they're giving it to everybody um I don't know I, I like it I mean if it was like Dragon Quest and and and, you know, they had to give every character a swimsuit option. And, well, actually, they probably do. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's to me, it's a genre that doesn't totally take itself seriously or it shouldn't. So I find it kind of hilarious. And I like that there's, you know, different. It's not all thongs. Um, and the fact that we get to partake in the men, more power to us, I think. <laughs>
3: Well, I really do think that's that's the thing that they're doing here is, like, they're having fun with it. Yeah. And and it it isn't just, oh, hey, look, you can make these girls super sexy, you know, for all yeah. the young boys who we know are playing and want to see the, you know, the boobies bouncing up and down. <laughs> you know, now you can see more of them. It's it's, it's more like we're going to have fun with this and we're going to make it equal and we're going to make everybody be involved and we're going to have, you know, something for everybody. Yeah. so So, like, I mean... You know, and obviously this is a silly concept, the whole swimsuit, you know, in a fighting game. But do you feel that what they're doing here is different than, like, say, what a Dead or Alive does or what a different game does?
0: Mm, Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, we've already said that I I can't think of any other um, game that does swimwear for everybody. That would be an interesting thing to um, look up. But I can't say 100% certainty that there isn't, but at least not in recent years, I'm pretty sure there hasn't been. Like yeah. with Dead or Alive, it's always the female characters that give the bikini, but I don't think I've ever seen a male character in a fighting game get a swimsuit. Um I mean, yeah, it, it. I I like Tekken. I'm a pretty big Tekken fan. I played Tekken Tag, the original one, and you know, I'll probably play this one. But you know, to me, I don't really care whether or not they're in swimsuits. But it's a fun. <laughs> it, you know, it's fun, and um, I'm I'm glad they took the the direction they're taking with it. Anyway, I think it's interesting, and uh, you know, hopefully, other companies will see that, and you know, if it's received well they might think you know rethink only doing the female characters in the future i don't know (laughs) that would be nice yeah
3: well so so what what do you think about games like that are live five in that regard
0: uh, I, I don't even, Dead or Alive isn't even on my radar, I ignore it. I <laughs> kind of want to pretend it doesn't exist, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> I played a little bit of it, but just, you know, I don't really like fighting games anyway, so I wouldn't go out of my way to play something that obviously, I can tell just by looking at it, that it's not meant for me, and it's not my kind of thing, you know? Like, I, I originally started playing Boys Who because i i would just really like the the animation style you know all the characters look cool to me for the most part you know so with that i'm willing to put up with some of the fan service stuff that i don't really like because i like other aspects of it well with dead or alive it just all Mm -hmm. you know doesn't it looks icky to me so i don't even want to bother (laughs) (laughs) yeah
3: well so so then let me ask you because i mean when dead or alive 5 was first kind of revealed it was the, oh, we're kind of making this game more serious, you know? And we're going to tone down sexuality, kind of. And, you know, I mean, like, the previous games, there was always the joke that the characters looked more like real dolls <laughs> yeah. than they did actual people, you know? Because yeah. yeah. the, the girls were, were very plasticky and, and and really perfect, with the perfect skin, and they all had the same set of kind of bodies and everything. And then in Dead or Life 5, they started to look... uh. Not realistic, but far, far more realistic than the old characters who kind of looked like, you know, literally dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, but since that announcement, you know, it's come out that, um, oh, okay, you're going to be able to see the, the sweat on characters, <laughs> you know. And, oh, a uh, female character's breasts are going to bounce differently depending on what fabric her clothing is oh made God. out of. <laughs> And then, then, then the uh, you know, as the characters sweat, some of their items of clothing might get more translucent, you know, because of the sweat. <laughs> like, that kind of stuff just kind of creeps me out a little yeah. bit. You know? Yeah. Because, it, and it's tough, because on one hand, I, I, I am okay with some level of, you know what, this is supposed to be just silly and sexy and everything, and, and some people like that, and that's fine, but it just almost... You know talking about that whole fan service-y and the fetishing aspect, like some of those some of those things just seem just so fetishized that it 's just going so much beyond a line that I think i 'm completely comfortable with
0: yeah, for sure, yeah i mean i 'm always a heavy proponent of people being able to enjoy the things that they 're interested in, and you know just because i 'm not into. Uh, you know, sweaty girls or whatever, you know, it doesn't mean that there shouldn't be that for somebody, but, you know, a lot of these fighting games aren't, I don't know, dead or alive if they ever even tried to get a broad audience to play those games, but, you know, like Blue and Tekken and you know all sorts of people play them and you know girls play them too and so when they start this heavy pandering towards you know this uh, heterosexual male audience it seems like they're just you know selling themselves short because they may have a very good game you know they may have a great game with great mechanics but it's just yeah going a bit too far I think
3: yeah well it's almost like that if Dead or Real Alive was a game with nothing but female characters, I think I might be more accepting mm. of it. It's almost kind of like the the whole Hooters thing, you know. If, <laughs> if 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 you go to Hooters, you know why you're going there, <laughs> you know, and, and and you you know why it exists. You know, this is almost like if if you went. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm trying to think of a, a, a restaurant that that. Um, <coughs> Oh, my God. Let's just say uh, – what's a restaurant <laughs> everybody would know? Uh, okay, let's just – whatever. You, you go to some local restaurant, right? And it's it's in a little Italian place. And you go there, and all the male waiters are dressed standardly. You know, the black shirt, black pants, the apron, and everything. But then all the girls are walking around in bikinis. You know, it's kind of like that, wait a minute. This mm-hmm. – this, like, I don't understand this – mixture of things here you know <laughs> that's kind of like what i feel about dead or live in a way is that like part of it seemed like it wants to be a serious fighting game kind of like what you're saying and then like all the male characters are a certain way and they're all presented i mean sometimes they're presented goofily but they're not presented like sexy you know or or not fan servicey uh but then the female characters are, so it's kind of that weird dichotomy so i almost think that like if dead or live 5 was just okay this is gonna be a fighting game female characters, they're all going to be sexy, they're all going to be, you know, have huge, ginormous chests and everything, and we're going to put them in <laughs> swimsuits, and they're going to fight each other, and this is a game for guys, like, then I'd be like, okay, that's what this game is, yeah. you know, and I, I wouldn't expect more from it.
1: I wonder, do you have any... See, to me, I'm like, and this doesn't even show up on my radar. I, I gave up on it long ago, but it's it, it, it's almost like they're, they're just not going all in. It's like, well... Right. We're going to make this game for a certain audience, but instead of totally giving into them, we're going to put a couple male characters in there and pretend that there's some semblance of respectability to it. When Why not just go all the way? Yep. That's, that, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Put saying. them in, you know, putting wrestling competitions or something. I mean, if that's really what
2: we're going to do. Well,
1: it's, it's
3: kind of like, I mean, do either one of you know the game Rumble Roses? Oh, yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah.
3: You know, that was a game that was like that. And it's like, you know what? This is all-girls or all-women's wrestling organization, and that's where this is going to be. And, you know, like, I was okay with that because it knew what it was, it didn't pretend to be anything else, and it presented itself as that. that. So it's like what you're saying, you know, is, is it went all in with the idea. Whereas this does feel like the Dead or Alive 5 wants to be two different things.
2: Mm.
1: You know, though, I wonder if part of it has to do with Now, I don't, I'm not totally speaking from a place of knowledge here, but um, I wonder if they're worried that there's a certain percentage of their audience that would be embarrassed to own it if it was full on girl on girl. You know, boob wrestling, (laughs) but you know, if because you know, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to go up to the counter with that game. But you know, with Dead or Alive Five, they can pretend that it's still, you know, oh, it's just like Tekken. I mean, I don't know. I wonder if they're worried about losing certain people if they went all in. But who knows?
3: (laughs) Could be. And 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 I always find it funny the fact that the original creator of the series, like, said that all female characters were his daughters. You know, and he'd be like, oh. And, and, and there was, somebody had, like, a nude patch, and he, like, got really pissed off with a nude patch, and, like, he's like, you know, how, how can you disrespect my daughters like that? And it's like, have you, have you not seen what you're doing with these female characters and, <laughs> in, in all the different variations of Dead or Alive, you know, and the outfits you're putting them in? Wow.
2: It's
3: like, you sure love pimping your daughters out, don't you? <laughs> um, so, uh, different game. This, this is a really, really weird story, but kind of kind of a kind of a niche game in a way uh scott pilgrim versus the world the game so two years ago of course scott pilgrim versus the world the movie came out and there was a an accompanying game for it it, it was really awesome it was a sort of river city ransom clone if you don't know what that is think of the uh you know final fight streets of rage kind of side-scrolling action brawler but more rpg elements more exploration you could go back and forth between different areas you could power up your character and things like that and i am totally blanking on his name but they got a really really awesome pixel artist to do all the artwork for the game
1: paul robertson
3: paul robertson thank you yes (laughs) like i love his stuff and and it's very distinctive you see it and they got him to do all of the art for the game so it looked really awesome It it was great it was this cool multiplayer experience. The only problem was the game was offline. Could absolutely no multiplayer online at all. But now, two years after the game originally comes out, the game is getting multiplayer. Are 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 like I am really excited about this because <laughs> it, it's weird because it's almost kind of like you know definitely not nichey but. Uh, also, recently, they announced that Metal Gear Solid 4, after four years, is getting a trophy patch. Oh, yeah. Huh. yeah. It's, like, just these really weird, like, isn't this, like, way too late for this to be happening? Kind of <laughs> patches have been coming. Um, <clears throat> so, I'm excited because I never really got as far into the game as I, I, I should have. So, I can now go back to it and play it online. I'll probably be the only person playing it online, you know, <laughs> at this no. point. But...
1: Well, like right. I said in the the opening, I mean, this is when it first came out. I like I like you. I love Paul Robertson's stuff, and I loved the look of the game. But I didn't buy it because I just thought, for me, this isn't a game that I would probably get a lot of enjoyment out of in single player because I'm not going to have anyone that will play with me um, in real life. So I just you know at the time I had too much going on. I didn't buy it. I didn't think I would enjoy it. But now I will probably buy it because. At least the possibility of playing with other people <laughs> exists this time, so we'll play together.
3: I was going to say, which, which console would you buy it on, the Xbox or the PS3? I don't have a PS3, so it would have to be Xbox. Uh, okay. Well, I, I own it for both, so we can, we can play on the Xbox then.
1: So, I didn't even think about it that way. It would have to be, yeah, I guess, never mind.
3: Yes. You have it for it's both, Shidoshi? But... Well, it was one of those... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a really weird explanation, but... So, I don't know how this began to be, but to me, like the Xbox 360, is kind of like Walmart, and <laughs> the PS3 is like the crazy like local store that that is really awesome, but not too many people to go there. Like, I I have, I just I have this connection where to me the games that I see as being more artsy or being cool or being, yes. um. More trendy or whatever. Like, I want to play those games on the PS3, but something will happen where I'll get on the Xbox 360 first, and then I'll be like, "Uh, you know, I really need this copy of this (laughs) game on my PS3 as well. And and so I yes, I own two copies of the game and I've not played either one of them. And I know that that makes no sense (laughs) whatsoever. But I did it with this game. I did it with Pac-Man Championship Edition DX. I did it with Space Invaders Infinity Gene. I have like rebought games for some stupid reason because I keep going back and forth between which system I, I like better <laughs> at any certain point. And so if it's like, oh, I love the Xbox 360 right now, I want all my games on the 360. And if they're on the PS3, I hate that. And I have to have them on the 360. And then <laughs> my heart will switch back over to, oh, I'm back to loving the PS3. And now I want all my games on the PS3. And, uh...
1: Well, I can't fault you for that because I own many copies of many games. So I won't say anything.
3: you're the key. <laughs> but to be fair. To to be fair, I, I bought this on the PS three when it was one of those like big like like seventy five percent off sales or something like that. So Oh
0: man, I must have missed out I, on I, that.
3: Yeah, so I don't I don't buy them full price twice. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> well that saves you a little okay. bit then.
3: Yeah, so so Anne, I do you have this game? Are you interested no? In the game I if don't, you don't have it. Have it See, I was
0: waiting. Yeah, I uh, was to say that. Uh, well, I only have a PS3, no Xbox. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought it came out for the Xbox first and was an exclusive for a while. Am I incorrect? Because that's, I seem to remember it coming out, and I thought, oh, that looks cool. I would play that. But then I was like, oh, it's for the Xbox. And maybe this was a time where I just didn't really know what was going on. But I didn't even know it had come out for the PS3 until this patch was announced, actually. So, huh.
3: I am checking, and actually, it came out on the PS3 first.
0: Oh, then <laughs> I have no idea what's going
3: on. <laughs> <laughs> so you are... Uh, you just missed totally that
2: release, wrong. and you
1: uh, thought the Xbox release was the first
0: one.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, so... Well, to be fair, sometimes, sometimes it's very easy to, to even forget that games come out on the PS3, you know? <laughs> because everybody keeps talking about the Xbox versions of things.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and, well, I mean, I like Scott Pilgrim, but I don't love it. I mean, I've read some of the, the graphic novels, and I saw the movie, and, you know, it's cool, but I'm I'm not a huge fan, so I guess maybe that might have been part of it, too. But it's, it's something yeah. I would play for sure, and, you know, in my case, since I didn't buy it two years ago, you know, now, like, Brian, seems like a great time to buy it if I wanted to, so I could see playing it online with people. Yeah.
3: But... Yeah, this, this really is kind of almost like a way to just completely re- reinvigorate a game that's been out yeah, already. Yeah, for sure. You know?
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, because let's be honest, like with, with, with Metal Gear Solid 4, you know, I never got around to playing that game. And not that I really care about trophies so much, but bringing that patch out and reminding me that that game exists kind of makes me go oh you know what i really should buy that game at this point i should go and play it finally yeah. mm. so so i can play with brian on the xbox <laughs> on the ps3 but
0: we can't all play together isn't it four players no, or no? only two players
3: it's uh i want to say it's four Cause that would
0: be awesome yeah Poor
3: player well maybe
1: but. maybe i will not buy it until i get a ps3 <laughs> and then i'll buy the ps3 version
2: <laughs>
3: oh. hey that that's super slim ps3 is coming oh. out soon so you can get that when it comes out and then...
1: i if it's really cheap and if it's yes. not as ugly as it looks in the pictures
3: it looks very yeah. ugly it looks very <laughs> ugly <clears throat> um so this is a really interesting topic uh Recently on Kickstarter, Kickstarter's been going crazy lately with all the stuff. Uh, the 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 Ouya, or the oh yeah, <laughs> as we say around the office, uh, just ended today. But another Kickstarter that had started up and actually still has twenty two days to go is for Gamercom, and that is G A Y M E R Gamercom. Uh, they were asking for twenty five thousand dollars. As of today, they they have already reached $42,568, so they're way past their goal. It says, uh, GamerCon is the first gaming and tech convention where they focused on LGBT geek culture. It says, uh, community is important. We believe that there are a great number of gay, lesbian, transgendered, genderqueer, and bisexual folks out there of every color and creed that, at the end of the day, love to geek out. Geek about video games, tabletop games, tech, comics, all that fun stuff. And we believe that creating a community for these folks, uh, gamers as they are affectionately dubbed, is important to help shape a more tolerant and safer space in gaming. After all, everybody games. So I don't think anybody on this podcast uh, is in any way against this idea. I think we are all completely for the idea. Um, This is going to happen next year in San Francisco uh, so the late summer of 2013 is when they're planning it for uh, so it's obviously going to be happening at this point because they, they've already reached their goal uh, the, the interesting topic that we wanted to bring up was about the name so I think Anne like you suggested this news story and it's, it's interesting because I, I had similar thoughts about the name but so what, what, did, what was it about the name that you wanted to kind of bring up
0: um, well, I'll admit that when I first uh, heard the announcement or saw the Kickstarter and saw that it was GamerCon and read their description, I was like, oh yeah, that sounds great. And it don't, It took me a little while to really think about it and have this sort of revelation, if you will. But when I did, it really started to bother me that, the. from what I understand, and you two can correct me if I'm wrong, but Gamer really generally refers to gay men, and maybe to a lesser set gay women, I'm not sure if, they've, if they use that term or not, but whenever I see it used, it's generally talking about gay men, and they use it to kind of, you know, uh, bring together sort of a communal aspect to you know, people that are like-minded and, you know, can share their thoughts on video games in a nice environment and that sort of thing. Um, but it, if this convention is meant to be for all types of people whether they be gay or you know bi or transgender then the word gamer in the name is kind of you know not it's not all-encompassing you know when you see that name you don't get that feeling that oh yeah everybody's welcome here I think Um, and it's only by reading the description that you see oh well they do they they are saying we're all-inclusive and everybody can join in but I just feel like since this is really kind of Uh, getting a lot of spotlight because it's the first of its kind that it seems a little unfortunate that they couldn't have found a way to be more all-encompassing in the name Um, and I actually brought that up with the I'm not sure if it was the founder or somebody who's organizing it, but I did comment on the Kickstarter, and I'll admit that I did donate. So I donated, and then I commented and said, you know, I do feel a little bad about the way you've chosen to name it and all the marketing because it seems a little exclusive. Um, and they replied to me, and they actually said, you know, that we they were well aware of that, but they thought that GamerCon was the most... Uh, Catchy <laughs> name and that LGBT con or whatever wouldn't be very catchy. But it, so I think they are aware that it doesn't sound um, as good as it could have. But I just feel like it's a poor decision on their part, and maybe they should have tried to think it over a little bit more. I don't know. So it, yeah.
3: Well, uh, be- before I let Brian tell us why we are right or wrong. <laughs> <in> this- <laughs> Um, yeah, let, let me let me give kind of my opinion, cause I, I had kind of a similar thing. And, you know, I think one of the things that that is a big deal in the LGBT community is, you know, that words are important, right? You know, that 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 words can have power, and that certain words are okay, and certain words are not okay. And that, even if you have the best intention, sometimes that words can can still affect somebody's way of thinking about something. And I, I really do, like, I just, I do kind of have a problem with the name Gamercom because the moment you hear it, you instantly get this idea of what you think it is. And I'll be honest, when I very first heard it, I thought it literally was a convention for gay men who are into video games, you mm-hmm. know? and then i had to then see oh okay it is it is covering the whole spectrum and I, I i do think that you know when we're talking about a community that where inclusiveness is very very important i don't like this name because it just the name automatically right from the start does not include everybody and maybe there isn't a super perfect name to use that would be inclusive but i just think that it it does kind of put this idea in your head uh, instantly that this is a convention for gay gamers oh and then the rest of the people mm. kind of kind of thing so the the name does bother me a little bit i mean not so much that i would say oh i'm not going to go to this and this is terrible and i they have to be petitioned to change the name but i think it's an unfortunate name choice and I I want to say this next thing very carefully because I don't want it to be insulting in any possible way but I think in the LGBT community there is definitely a hierarchy of Mm. who gets the most exposure and who gets the least Mm. and and I do think that you know out of those four letters that the, the G definitely does get the most exposure and so i kind of think that it takes the focus away from the fact that that you know there there are other letters in that that acronym if that makes any sense um but i'm really curious brian to hear like what you think about this <laughs> well uh i, I as, as 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 of course the expert on everything <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yes, happy to do with the gay top as, as the official spokesman for the gay community <laughs> right. tell, us, tell us what you think
1: well uh, so let me just say um, my my initial reaction to it was for, and, I, and I will admit it, it is possible that my reaction is different because I am a gay man and I didn't think about it properly but um, my first reaction was just that it was interesting and that it was kind of cool and For some reason, I actually thought right off the bat that it was totally inclusive, but maybe it's easy for Mm. me to think that too. Um, And it's really only been hearing other people's, especially other people in the community's reaction, negative reaction to it, where I've thought about, um, like, how do I say this? I can see why they chose the name, because even when I try to come up with other names for it, more creative ones, um, it's hard to, to, get both the LGBTQ, etc. cetera, as- aspect yes. into it and the gamer aspect into it. Um, yes. But that's... So I can understand why they went with GamerCon. It was easy. It, they probably came up with it in five minutes and they thought, that's great. We don't need to go any further. Um, and I've heard some really intelligent responses as to they could have come up with something more creative. And I actually do think that. I think they could have spent some time to come up with something that was... Not only more inclusive and more, but more interesting. I mean, in a way, it's like I said. It sounds kind of like they came up with it within five minutes and they were done. Um, it maybe didn't quite take into uh, heart, you know, how people were going to respond to it. Um, so I think it's kind of unfortunate too. I mean, and that is coming from someone who did not have a problem with the name. And I, in a way, I don't have a problem with the name because I do think they're trying to let people know in every way possible that it's for everyone and that it's everyone's welcome. Um, but then again, (laughs) I can understand people's complaints about it too. So.
3: And, and and to be fair, you know, having just gone to comic con, which is now like 75%, not comics. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a, a a convention name does not necessarily tell you everything that's going to be there. Um, but you know like so like I I think I both think that the name is not important I think it's important and I don't know if I can be both ways at the same time but I am (laughs) um and I I, like you kind of said that you know I don't know that there is a great name that could have been used that would be all inclusive yeah and not be something crazy that would be unpronounceable
1: or that wouldn't let people know it's about gaming I mean right Although I, I think one interesting aspect of this is because it, it'll be interesting not only to see, because um, there's a lot of uh, negativity in the LGBT gaming space about the whole event and the name, and so to me it'll be interesting to see is this going to stop people from showing up, for one, but also it seems like they're having a hard time getting certain people to speak or to... Do important functions for the event because they're unhappy with the name. So that will be interesting. In terms of, is the programming going to suffer because they pissed people off?
0: Oh, well, that's interesting. And I hadn't uh, heard that.
3: Yeah. Part of it. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard that either.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Anna Anthropy and uh, I can't remember the. Oh. Um, don't get me don't. I know. Don't I know. I know.
3: started on that, that, but, that uh, name. uh, Radiator oh. Blog. I can't
1: remember his name. Anyway, there have been about three bloggers who have fairly who've talked about being approached to be at the event, and they've said no because they're upset. So, in in whether you like her or not, I mean, they're they're fairly well known people. So, I guess that's where I'm coming from in terms of. Um, I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see what happens. I guess.
3: Well, let let me make a statement in regards to that, and I I won't name any names that may have just been named, but. Uh, there was a certain person who was very against or publicly seemed to come out very against the panel I was on at PAX East about oh. the, the issue of transgender uh, characters in video games and developers. Um, and my kind of thing was if, if you don't like how something is coming across, then I think you should go and do a better job of it. Hmm. So I think that if somebody says that they don't like the name that saying I'm not going to go to your convention doesn't fix anything. I think that you go to the convention and you do such a kick ass job of presenting your side of the gaming community at that convention that people then take notice of you and understand that you are also part of that convention. Hmm. Like, I think just saying, oh, I hate this, so I'm going to boycott (laughs) it doesn't fix anything. You know, my, my kind of thing was if somebody had a problem with the panel that we were going to be doing in the way they understood it, not even in the way that happened, but in the way they understood it, you don't say, I'm not going to do your panel. You say, I am going to do your panel to make sure that you are doing a good job on your panel. So my kind of feeling is, even if I hate that name, and I don't hate it, I, I do dislike it, I don't hate it. But even if I hate that name, my feeling is I would want to go to GamerCon and I would want to do a kick-ass job of, of preventing my feelings, whatever they may be, at that convention. So that I know that that portion of the community had representation there. Right. Yes. You know, I, I think saying saying I'm not going to do it doesn't fix anything. Yeah,
1: but it's easier. <laughs> right. It is. I, I shouldn't say that.
0: it's so easy for people to always shoot things down because it's not perfect, you know, especially with these sorts of issues. But I feel like, you know, we don't have enough of it already. And so, you know, I know that it may not be perfect, but at least, you know, try to support them and sort of work on a way to change it rather than just shooting it down and say don't do it or you know don't do it or just if you don't change the name then it shouldn't even happen at all like is you know is the world better for having the gamer con or not having anything you know I I would argue that you know at least we should have it and work to make it better and you know help these people to make it feel more inclusive than just saying well don't do it you know it's not even worth doing it if you're not going to do it right you know I think
3: right
1: and and I actually said or I had kind of some conversations with people on Twitter about this just where I think one thing one problem I had with some of the negativity I've seen is just that I think from what I've seen I mean I have not paid attention to this as closely as maybe some others but I've definitely paid attention to it enough to know that the people who are setting this up are coming from a good place they're not They're not not trying to be exclusive. They're trying to do the right thing. And so I I think some of the negativity, like Anne said, like, let's not even do it just because we don't like the name. How about we try to improve it next year or we try to improve what's going on this year? I mean, if they were coming from the wrong place and they literally wanted it just to be gay male gamers, then I would be totally against it too. Uh, And I would say, let's not hold it. But I don't know. I think it's a little disingenuous to just make it all be about... I hate this one aspect, and so I'm just going to forget about it and try to ruin it or whatever. Mm. Yep.
3: I don't know. I agree.
0: (laughs) I've been trying to think of ways that, you know, we could suggest, like, better names. I know it's hard, but I feel like the word queer would be a a good word to use to kind of represent everyone. Uh, But, you know, again, I feel like I'm coming from a different standpoint than a lot of people, you know, that are really invested in these sorts of issues, so I'm not sure if that's accurate, but in terms, queer to me sounds very, you know, inclusive of all sorts of different, you know, uh, sexualities and genders, and that if they had taken that word and then added, you know, something to do with games or something, and then, you know, worked with that, that would have been nice, but... (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's, an, it's interesting, though, because I think this is one of the problems with, like, naming something like this, is that there's always going to be people who are against it. And I can say, just from my own personal experience, um, and others I know, I mean, I know queer can be such a difficult word for people over a certain age. Oh, say. really? Okay. Uh, yeah, like, I think I think younger people are more okay with queer than some others. mm and probably I would include myself in the similar. It's just, I mean, it's like a word that kind of makes the hair raise up on the back of my neck. So, but I mean, I'm not saying I would shoot down a name like that. I'm just saying I, I would worry that other people would have a problem with it. So, okay, I don't know. Yeah,
3: yeah it's, 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 the whole problem is like dif- different words mean different things, different people. Um, You know, when we were first doing our panel, uh, uh, we had chose, chosen a name that... Some people objected to, and the way we had the name—I don't want to say—I don't want to say the name. Um, cause I don't know if it's been released or not, but the way we done the name uh, was totally innocent, and it was meant to kind of get people interested in what the panel was going to be, and then we would explain what oh. the name meant afterwards. Uh, but some people had a problem with it, so we changed it, and then kind of the 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 name that we go under now for the panel is Press XY. Because uh, it has kind of a different you know, two different meanings. But even then like we had somebody say, Well, I don't know if press XY is the best name, you know, so <laughs> it it does get really, really yeah. delicate sometimes yeah. with yeah. the naming mm-hmm. and and a word that can be perfectly fine to one person isn't fine to somebody else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can that...
1: so. Although I will I will say I like to me, I like what you just said uh about the name of your panel. I would like that. Like something a little bit more creative yeah
0: like abstract right you know it doesn't have to say gay in the title for it to kind of give that impression right yeah
1: I mean people have mentioned online things like it could have to do with rainbows or unicorns I mean (laughs) those would all uh, and I know those would bring up other issues with people but I'm just saying it would be interesting to see if people could come up maybe maybe this will prompt people to make their own creative ideas and suggest them and in the future they'll change it I don't know
3: yeah, the only only the only concern I have with that though is that, you know, if they do do this first one and it is called yeah. GamerCom, yeah, you're right. then it's gonna be really, really hard to change the name. Yeah. Past that.
1: Although yeah. I will say too, it's not like these conferences are known for their creative names. I mean Comic Con <laughs> you know. <laughs> they're always pretty straightforward. Yes,
3: Quake QuakeCon. So you know. maybe
1: maybe it will all be about just making sure that the event and the programming and everything Proves that it's all-encompassing and welcoming, and then they won't have the issue going forward. I don't
3: know, and that that really is the most important thing. Is it's it's not what the name is, but what they do with with yeah. the convention. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they do it in a good way. Uh, but I, you know, I I I love the idea of. I mean, because you know, I went to PAX for the first time this year, and I really had a fun time at PAX, like way more than I was expecting to have. So I think that. Having a convention where, you know, you know if if you are in one of these communities that you're going to go there and everybody is going to be the same as you and you're going to be safe there and you don't have to worry about, you know, because just I don't know, gaming can be so crappy sometimes, just the way you get treated online. Yeah. So, so having a convention where you know everybody is like you, even if they're not, you know, not everybody's not gay there. You know, th- there are other people as well, but everybody's like you in the way that that you are all part of this community that that can at times be ostracized from the community as a whole and stuff. And that you can come together and not have, you know, worries about being who you are. That's, that, that's a cool thing. Yeah, I think so. I do too. Uh, finally, for our news, uh, Best Buy this weekend, or not this weekend. I'm sorry. Uh, Best Buy from August 12th through August, um, let's see this, 19th, I believe about a week or so. Uh, they're going to have this big sale going on and there are some very niche titles that will be on sale. <laughs> We're not there. talking about the other titles because
0: they don't matter.
3: <laughs> no. We're only talking about the ones that we care about. Uh, so, the by far the cheapest is Rhythm Heaven Fever for the Wii, which just came out not too long ago. $5.
1: Go buy it.
3: $5. Now, <laughs> I actually think this is my least favorite Rhythm Heaven game from the series, but it's still a great game if you're, you know, if you like Rhythm Heaven if you like music games at all. Yes. And for 5 bucks, come on, that's that's super super cheap. <laughs> uh but for $5 more, you could pick up Rhythm Heaven DS, which I utterly adore. Uh so that'll, that'll be $10 during this week's sale at Best Buy. Over on the 3DS Spirit Camera, The Cursed Memoir, be 14.99. And then we have uh two games for the PSP. We have Final Fantasy 4 and uh The Third Birthday, aka Parasite Eve 3. Both of those are $10 each. And finally, if you have not played it yet, the everyone's favorite Dragon Quest 9 on the DS 9.99. Cheap prices. Yes.
1: Can, can great I, games. Can I just say I'm really disappointed that I was all set today to wear my Rhythm Heaven theater t-shirt for this podcast. I mean even though it's oh. you know it's not a video cast, but
3: <laughs> I was yeah. all and
1: then I didn't do it and it, it would have been perfect.
3: I did not know there was even Rhythm Heaven t-shirts out there.
1: Someone, some wonderful person, I can't remember his name and now I feel horrible. Um Someone who reads my blog knows that I love the Rhythm Heaven games <laughs> and went to an event, I think, in LA where they were showcasing the game and he got a t shirt and he sent it to me.
3: Now is it is it black and it has the little monkey and the uh, rocket ship? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm looking at it online right now. I did not even know this existed. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Oh my okay, okay. No, this is this is funny. I am I'm looking at it online on your Flickr account,
1: actually. I'm sure you are.
3: Because I, I, I just searched for Rhythm Heaven t-shirt, and the first image that came up took me to your Flickr. Yes. Because so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm looking at it. And I I click on the very next picture in this Flickr, and it is, it is a Japanese Game Gear game. And I'm like, wait a minute. This seems very much like Brian would, would post this. Is it
1: someone who hates American gaming? <laughs>
3: just kidding. That's that's pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, so you know, some some fantastically niche, aka niche games coming up for Best Buy on sale, uh, starting on August twelfth. So you should go check those out. And now is time for cheerleading. Cheerleading is a section where we talk about games we have played recently and tell you why you should play them or at least care about them. And up first is Anne. Oh, and what have you played?
0: <laughs> okay, well, my um, I, f- I have two picks this week, and my first pick is gonna have to be uh, Rainbow Moon, which is a PSN only title uh, for the PS3, and it's a indie indie RPG, very much in the same vein as some of the old SNES RPGs. Uh, It's just it's it's very nostalgic for anybody that really likes um traditional RPGs that they would totally love this game. Um, I actually reviewed it, uh, but um, you know, it's got all the kind of classic sort of stuff. You know, the it's uh, you know, you walk around the overworld and you know run into enemies and sort of pseudo random encounters. It's hard to explain, but they actually um, there, are the, This little message will pop up saying that there's an enemy, and it will tell you exactly how many enemies and what level they are, and you can actually just click, um, you know, press X to either accept that, or you can just ignore it, and you won't fight the battle, so you can really, you know, go at your own pace and fight all the battles you want, so it's really not too difficult in that respect, but it's still quite hard, and it it has a couple different difficulty levels that will start you off with different types of equipment and things, and so it's very intense if you want it to be, but you can also have sort of, you can play it casually, and just, you know, there's lots of interesting dungeons and lots of loot to be found, and uh, it doesn't really have a very good story. Uh, The story's pretty much non-existent, but for people that like grinding and like, you know, a good old RPG, it's definitely very robust and very pretty to look at and very great music, so.
3: Okay, wait, hang on. Do, do people actually like grinding? Is there anybody out there who exists that likes grinding? I do. I've heard there are some. Really? Oh, we have <laughs> one right here. Oh, my lord! <laughs> I am so baffled. Well, like, okay, it depends so seriously.
1: on the theme. If, really? if I like the battle mode... Then yes, I love grinding. I don't
0: know
3: why. Wow, (laughs) I'm shocked. I'm shocked by that. Like grinding is like the bane of my existence. Yeah, I'm not a big fan Uh, either,
0: unfortunately. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I like. I, I really need a story to drive me forward, so that was my main beef with this game, is that just, there was no interesting story, so, you know, you really have to like the gameplay, you know, because it's the gameplay that's going to take you through the 60 plus hours of this game, you know? But.
3: I, I have a confession to make, I actually have a voucher code for this game, and I have not even put oh. it in yet. <laughs> so I haven't... <laughs> I haven't downloaded it or even tried it or anything. Yeah, you should.
0: It's it's pretty quaint, you know. It's it's cute. The, the voices instead of you know being fully voiced, they have these little kind of voice clips. So like you'll go up to a person in the village and they'll be like hello, or they'll like do some like garbledy noise and be like ah ah you know. <laughs> it's, just, it's very it's very cute. Uh, and the art style is very different. You know, it's very colorful. So it looks really it looks really good on the PS3
3: yeah no no from everything i've seen of it it looks like really well crafted and i, I definitely want to try it you know um so yeah like I, I've, I've been very curious about it so it, it's interesting to hear you talk about it
0: uh should,
3: anything else about uh, that no
0: i think that's about it should i go on to my the, second pick sure uh i'll just <laughs> do this one quickly but um I, i've got uh sound shapes it just came out on um, on the 7th. Is that yesterday for you all over there, I guess? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, So I've been playing that. It's like a musical platformer, I guess is how you would describe it. It's very colorful. Um, you, you just control this little blob, basically, and you kind of roll through the level, and you can jump onto walls and stick onto certain walls, so you'll be climbing around, and um, you collect basically little uh, notes throughout the level, and as you collect the notes, they'll actually start playing different parts of the music, so it's like you're actually playing through the song, and you're sort of making the song as you go, so it's really fun, and the the, the music's really good, so it really propels you through that. Uh, the campaign is kind of short, there are five different albums with uh, famous Musicians such as uh, Beck has his own album, and uh, you've got uh, is it Jim Jim Guthrie is the the Sword and Sorcerer EP guy, um, and Deadmau5, who you know <laughs> is Deadmau5. So there's like these uh, kind of retro.
3: Is is that how it's pronounced? Is it? I don't know. I don't, I've I've never. Oh known.
0: well, I hope I didn't embarrass I, I didn't, myself. I didn't, I didn't know if it was like.
3: <laughs> well, no, no, because I, mean, I didn't know if it was like Dead Mouse, where the five is like supposed to be the stylized. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, it, it could be that or. actually. <laughs> I have no
0: idea. I have no idea. Well, maybe somebody can let us know <laughs> what is the correct <laughs> way. <laughs> well, I won't say his name again. I but. like. <laughs>
3: I always feel so unhip whenever I don't know something like yeah, that. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so you're like, yeah, you know, th- that that guy, that guy with the music, I love him, you know? <laughs> you st- you st- do anything like to not say his yeah. name.
0: Well, his levels are pretty cool. They're like retro gaming inspired, so you have these little like arcnoid type things, you know, flying through the levels. and um, And then when, so when you beat the campaign, as you beat all the different levels, you get to, you unlock the different parts, like, it's hard to explain um like so the arknoid creature is one part it's a lot like little big planet and then you can go into this level editor and then you use those different parts to create your own levels and you can put in your own music notes so you can create your own songs and then you know play through mm-hmm. it on your own or you can share it online so it's very much like little big planet in that it's very community driven um so even though the campaign is short it has a lot of replayability in that way and extra bonus is that if you buy the game you get the PS Vita version and the ps3 version so you can switch between the two um so that's pretty cool
3: i think that is um like sony's been doing that kind of a lot in some of their games Mm -hmm. recently and i really think they need to continue doing that because that's a very very good way to Help alleviate some of the problems the Vita has right now with yes. uh, not having yeah. software. Because I mean, you know, it's because like it. You know, there was this, this big about this whole thing about you know, oh, you play on your PS3 and then you shut it off and you can restart it on your PS Vita, you know, and take it with you and stuff. But nobody in their right mind is going to buy two copies of every game that comes yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. But if 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 you if you tell me you know, oh, we're giving you the game on two platforms for the price of one that really makes me way more uh uh excited about buying a game yeah Yeah. so
0: and sharing the save data is very easy i don't know how it works for other games but on this one you know you just uh, you go to a menu and it says upload save data to like the cloud and you know so as long as you have an internet connection and you're signed on to your psn account it'll upload your most recent save data and then you just go to your other device and click, you know, you, uh, load recent cloud save or something and then it'll just load your progress.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I, I've only played a little bit of this, but it's it's a really interesting game. Um, and it's going to be... Like, it's one of those kind of games where you wonder... How good the community is going to end up b- being around it? Because I think that, the, you know, one of the reasons that Little Big Planet ended up being as big as it was was because it really connected with the community, and there was like a lot of really cool, yeah, user generated stages and everything. So I I I hope this is a game that kind of picks up like that as well and that there's a lot of good stuff that comes out from the community on this game. Yeah, for
0: sure. It's a bit hard to say right now. I've played a bunch of the community levels, and and none of them have really stood out for being that great. I mean, people have been trying to do, like, there's the Legend of Zelda theme song, or they do, like, the Kingdom Hearts theme song, but they're all very, (laughs) I don't know, they're, like, focusing on the music, but not building a fun level to play through. So I think to get a good level, you need to have something that's fun to kind of, you know walk through but also the music is nice you know at the same time so mm. it might take a little while i try i'm trying to build a level right now and it takes a lot of effort you know <laughs> it's pretty hard so
3: cool yeah uh brian
1: so i'm gonna go through three but i'll be very quick and one of them has to do with the other so that's why i'm bringing up bringing it up Um, The first one is Rhythm Thief and the Emperor's Treasure for 3DS, which I think has probably been ignored by most people, although it did have a demo on the eShop, so maybe that inspired some people. Anyway, that's actually the reason I picked it up, was that I loved the demo. And so I saw it for sale. I picked it up thinking I was going to love it. In fact, I thought I was going to love it more than Theat Rhythm Final Fantasy. Oh.
2: Um,
1: Yeah, because for some reason I was really excited when Theat Rhythm was announced, and then it kind of fell off my radar, and I forgot about it a little bit. Um, Anyway, so I don't know. I mean, Rhythm Thief, it's funny because after I bought it, it was described to me as being... Like, Professor Layton meets, you know, Space Channel 5, something like that. Right. And so I thought, you know, okay, that sounds like the most amazing game ever. I'm going to love it. <laughs> but the problem is, is that it's kind of, I feel like it's a chore. I mean, I feel like there's too much of this story, Professor layton story, and then there are little, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? I'm blanking. Um...
3: When, mini games.
1: Well, the mini games, but the, um... Well, anyway. Frogs. No, uh, like in a Zelda game, you have to solve puzzles. Sorry, sorry. Puzzles. Brain fart. Um, so there are little puzzles, but they are so, you know, a three-year-old could solve these puzzles. So there's really no point to the puzzle being in the game. It's just hmm. there to take up more of your time for five seconds. And then the rhythm games are mostly fun, but they're so short that... I'm constantly just saying, like, okay, let's get to the next rhythm game. And then I've played enough of the rhythm games now that I know that they're not going to be wholly satisfying. So sometimes I'm just kind of wondering <laughs> why I'm continuing to play just to, like, just to finish it and get it over with, which isn't really the experience I thought I was going to have. So I guess this isn't really a cheerleading
3: game. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my God, you have failed. I failed. But, but what it, You're supposed it, to be, like, telling us why we want this game, not why we don't want it. But right?
1: in... in uh, in a compliment to it was Theatrhythm Rhythm Final Fantasy kind of took over my life in the interim of while I was playing both of these at the same time, but I just couldn't stop playing Theatrhythm. Rhythm. So that one. Okay. Okay. okay.
3: Before you get that, let me ask you first. Yes. The, the, the first 30 minutes of (laughs) Theatrhythm Rhythm Final Fantasy, does it not suck completely?
1: See, I heard you say this and I actually don't agree. (laughs) No, I'm not going to say it is not the highlight of the game. Um, It is the, uh, to me, the, um... Shit, now I can't even remember the name where the Dark Notes are, the Chaos... uh,
3: Shrine. Chaos Shrine. Chaos
1: Shrine, to me, is the focus of the game. Um, Absolutely. But I, like your cohort on uh, Warning Huge Podcast, I actually thought it kind of... For someone like me who, um, even though I love rhythm games, I'm not used to this type of rhythm game necessarily. And, uh... I felt like it kind of got me into the game, and but by, by the time I got to play harder levels, I was, I was up there in terms of skill. I don't know. I I appreciated, and you didn't have. You don't actually have to go through all thirteen. At least I don't remember to get to the Chaos Shrine. So, like I I went through. I think I went through five or something, and then I started playing the Chaos Shrine, and then I came back to, the games that I hadn't finished.
3: Um, yeah, but I I like the way they they present it is you kind of like just at least for me like mentally i had to finish that first
1: Oh, uh, well. you know,
3: because it at a certain point it does open up the chaos frame but it's kind of like well i'm already here so i have to because if you don't play through them you don't unlock them in the the other mode yeah the, the third mode the you know? so it's kind of like well let me just get through this first and then get to the next part of the game and I, like it bummed me out completely like i i wrote nick the guy <laughs> uh, my friend from warning each podcast that you're talking about, yeah. um I tweeted him, and I'm like, I hate the rhythm <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I I I hate the rhythm because that's how I felt at that point, and it was such a difference when I was playing that very very first opening mode to when I got to the Chaos Shrine. My yeah. my emotions totally changed.
1: Well, I mean, and I will say, I do not think it is a perfect game by any means, and I have issues with certain parts of it, but. You're right. I think it's important to know that you have to stick with it to a certain point before you can really decide whether you like it or not. Um, and it's clearly going to be a game that is not for certain people. I think you kind of know if you're going to have any interest in it whatsoever uh, going in. But even if, if you think you're going to be interested in it and you're disappointed at the beginning, stick with it. Because um, it does, I mean, it becomes a little bit like digital crack after a while. I could not <laughs> it's put so it down. <laughs> And my only problem was like, I finally, and I actually, I'm going to go back to it tomorrow because I got to a point where, um, I got to a dark note that was so hard that I could, I'm, I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever, ever going to be able to beat this <laughs> damn dark note. Um, and so I thought I was done. I'm like, I can't just, you know, I can, I'll play the other ones that I've beaten for a while, but I'm not going to be able to play them forever. And I'm never going to get one through street pass. So, uh. But anyway, I found out that I can delete it, and if I beat the previous one, I'll get a new one. So I'm going to do that. But anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love the rhythm Like, you do kind of have to have some appreciation for Final Fantasy. If you don't, yes. the game's just going to be completely boring to you. But if, if you have any appreciation for that series, then this game is really, really cool. And it's got, once you get past that first mode, I think part of it, too, was the whole just cinematic portions like i just hated those because they felt so out of place with the rest of the game yeah once you get into the the you know the overworld sections and the fighting sections and you have your little characters and you're building them up and whatever and it's just it's so fun it really is there's there's so much charm to it and like all the little sayings that your characters say and stuff yes
1: and and i will say i know a few people have disagreed with me on twitter and on my blog but um for me i i have not played every final fantasy there are three or four that I've never played. Um, and at first I kind of thought I didn't have any interest in playing their game, you know, the, uh, in the intro section, because I don't know their music and I don't know. I just didn't really care at the beginning, but I will say, as you encounter the music throughout the game in other ways, I was like, Oh my God, I love the music. from yep. Final fantasy 10. Why haven't I played it before? So I don't know. It could spur you on to buying those games and playing through. them.
3: <laughs> yep. No, like the, that first section, just it, it makes half of that soundtrack just feel so boring and, and you're like oh they made just terrible choices in this game and then you get to the Chaos Shrine and you're like oh wow these game these music work so well and I'm having so much fun with it and and, yeah. and oh there's this song I never heard before and then I love, you know so Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Because that, that um I had never played Final Fantasy five and oh. the I think it's the Battle of the Big Bridge. Yes. Oh I love that song so much. <laughs> no. That's so fun to play now, and and I never would have known that song if I hadn't played this game.
1: And I think another thing that's really great about this game is that, you know, the first time I loved that song, and the first time I played it, I was so excited, and it kicked my ass. And I thought, <laughs> I hate it. I'm never going to play this again. And now I can play, you know, the, maybe not the hardest level version of it, but harder, and and it just starts to click with you at certain levels as you play it longer and longer and you actually get better and better and better and and then some of the patterns become amazing, You're like, oh my god, I can't believe they did this, but <laughs> so um, then, so the other, other game that I want to mention is just because I love really retro games and this one is one that I've avoided for a long time because I thought it was a different game um, it's called Banana for the Famicom and uh, I always thought it was, I thought people were just saying, there's another game called Banana Prince for the Famicom, which I think is a crappy game, as far as I've heard. Um, But someone that I really respect, a guy who runs a blog called Famicom Blog, uh, brought it up on his blog that he plays it with his wife all the time. And I was like, well, it must not be that bad of a game. So I downloaded it. um, And I'm obsessed with it. And it is this really old, really ugly uh, kind of action puzzler Um, it kind of plays like Boulder Dash, if you remember that game, which you might not. Um, uh, but there's more of a puzzle aspect to it, and you're this little mole, and you kind of dig through, um, a level to get at your wife, and to collect (laughs) fruit, and to take her to the exit, and I love collecting fruit in games, so it, um, and the thing is, like, it, it has taken over my life to the extent where I'm like I'm thinking in the bathroom like how am I gonna be like I can't even (laughs) fathom how I'm supposed to get all of the fruit in this one stage so I'm thinking about it all the time which I know says a few things about me but um anyway I it's an interesting game if you're interested in in old puzzle-ish games but just realize that it's ugly
3: so I'm looking at it right now so so it has like it almost kind of reminds me of a Dig Dug. Yeah. You're looking at it from like up from the side and you're underground. Yes, but it has a,
1: the a difficult part about it is that there is a sense of gravity. And if you, say, start at the top of the screen, if you go down, you can't go back up again unless you find a ladder. Oh, okay. So you're screwed half the time. So you really have to figure out. It's one of those games where you have to work out the perfect solution before you even really start moving. Um, which can probably drive people nuts. And I also like about it, it's another old game where it has, like, it has a background track, but as you move, it adds to it, Mm -hmm. which I always love. (laughs) You know, like Donkey Kong or Mario Brothers. Um, So anyway, so after that, I have now bought a copy of the damn game off of eBay (laughs) because I have to own it. I can't just play the stupid ROM, so that's how obsessed with it I am.
3: (laughs) So do you you get a different feeling from playing the ROM versus playing the cartridge when you put it in a system and TV and everything?
1: Sometimes. I mean, I will admit that there are plenty of games that I just play through emulation, even though I own them, because I just don't want to get out of the system. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, actually, I feel like this game, um, it seems like it's not emulated perfectly. At least the way the ROMs and the emulators have been using, there are various glitches and issues with it. So... And I love. I mean, it had. It's on a pink cartridge, and it's got a cute cover art. So I thought, I'm just gonna buy it.
0: So the <laughs> big question is, why is it called Banana?
1: Well, you know, I don't really know. All I know through because there isn't much English information. Ava- I don't even know if there's much Japanese information about the game, but um, there's very little about the game on the internet. And it seems like for some reason bananas are his either his favorite fruit or his wife's favorite fruit because when you collect bananas they're the only fruit that gives you special powers every oh. other fruit just gives you points so i'm not sure if there's more to it than that but <laughs> you collect bananas i think the
3: answer is because it's japan right. <laughs> that's the only answer it's a mole that likes japan. bananas <laughs> um then for my truly eating this podcast i was certain to, I was not going to like what I'm talking about. <laughs> I I was dead set against not liking it. I didn't like the idea. I didn't like the concept. I didn't like the uh, everything, you know? Uh, So Nintendo recently announced the 3DS XL. <laughs> they have the 3DS out there. And they're like, you know what? This 3DS just isn't big enough. We need to make it super huge for, you know, for media American hands. We need, like, a, a gigantor version of our system. And I have my 3DS. I have my cute little pink 3DS, and I, I love it to death. And, and I think it's super awesome, and I like that it's so small and compact. And I'm like, this is what I want from the 3DS. I don't want a super gigantic uh supersized version of my 3ds i'm happy with what i have but we got a 3ds xl at work and so i've been kind of playing with it off and on and it's fantastic (laughs) (laughs) it it's just i i i adore this thing to to a point where almost it's it's almost hard to go back (laughs) to the regular 3ds huh yeah that's what i've heard Uh, all so you know yeah. So you know, if, if if you don't know the original 3DS, as I, hang on a second. I slide back and I'm gonna grab my little tape tape measure here and then slide back to the microphone. So the original 3DS, uh, diagonally, let's let's get our tape measure out <laughs> here. The screen is <laughs> it is three and a half inches from the bottom left corner to the top right corner. That's on the, on the standard original 3DS. And on the 3DS XL, that top screen is five inches from the bottom left corner to the top right corner. And numerically, that might not sound like much, but when you get in your hands and you see it, it is a gigantic difference. <laughs> like You cannot really comprehend how different this is until you, until you actually play one. Um, because it's almost like going from, like, an iPhone screen to, like, the, the Vita screen. Huh. You know, th- this this 3DS XL screen is, gives the Vita run for its money size-wise. Huh. Uh, and it, it's the same resolution, of course, and you can definitely notice that. Um, graphics that are smooth on the smaller screen do look a little bit rough on the big screen. Because it's the exact same number of pixels, it's just those pixels are bigger, so you can notice the pixels more. But that kind of goes away after a while, and it's, it's just, um, wow, like games are just so much more fun when they're bigger. <laughs> and the 3D effect almost comes off kind of differently. It seems because of the screen being bigger, it seems that the 3D effect isn't as pronounced, so it's a little bit easier on the eyes. And that could just be totally a kind of placebo effect thing. Yeah. Um, the viewing angle is not different at all. So, you know, if you have trouble with the 3D on the current 3DS where moving it slightly, you lose that 3D effect, you're going to have the exact same thing on the XL. That's that's not changed to whatsoever. But, you know, it's like, like in holding it to... I've never been kind of one of the people. I have like smaller hands, I guess, or something, because I've never been one of the kind of people who are are complain about smaller controllers or smaller systems. But this is more comfortable. Um, you know, the controls themselves aren't really that much different size wise. It's just the fact that the unit you're holding holding is bigger. The weight's about the same, so the weight's not a problem. But these screens are just massive. Yeah. And I've been playing a lot of new Super Mario Brothers 2, for example. Um, you know, that completely niche <laughs> game <laughs> <laughs> news or Mario Brothers do. Um, and that looks really, really great on the screen. And another wonderful thing, and this alone could sell the system for you, is on the current 3DS, if you want to go back and play your DS games, you have one of two choices. You can either blow them up to be the full size of the screens, and because the resolution is different they kind of get a little bit blurrier when doing so. Or you can run the DS games at their native resolution on the 3DS' screens, but then the, the, the actual size of those screens is tiny. Um, physical size-wise. The thing with the 3DS XL is the screens are big enough that you can run the games, the DS games, at their original resolution, but the screens are basically the exact same size as they would be on a regular DS. So the 3DS XL is way, way better at playing DS games because it, you can emulate the visual style of the old DS and have it be a physical size that matches the old DS. Um, yeah, you know, like I, I just have really gotten to like it (laughs) when, when you, when you see the pictures of it, it kind of looks a little, uh, well, to me, it looked a little Fisher (laughs) pricey. Um, you know, people make fun of the way the three the 3ds looks, the 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 original one, but it still had a little more of a, a technical look to it. Yeah. You know, kind of a, a a definitely designed look to it, whereas the the XL is far simpler. But when you get in your hands and and actually use it, it it's it's nice. It really is. Uh, I think it will be super super duper nice when we get the white and pink version <laughs> that we all know will be coming out at some point
1: please because cur-
3: yes because currently we have in america we have three colors we have the all silver which there is absolutely no way you should ever even begin to consider buying <laughs> and then we have the uh black on the inside red on the outside and the black on the inside blue on the outside and the one i'm using it uh is the black and blue and it's actually nice but you know what you make that inside section white you make that outside section a nice pink, and yeah, that that <laughs> will be awesome.
1: Make them hear but, you.
3: But you know, I, I I hate it. I hate it in a way because it makes me want a three DS XL now for myself, <laughs> and I hate replacing one system with the exact same system just a little mm-hmm. bit different. Yeah. But I think that if you do not have a DS a three DS, I'm sorry, uh, currently, and you are considering getting one, it would. be it would be nearly impossible for me at this point to recommend the original 3DS to anybody because just the screen sizes on this new one are just so much better Mm -hmm. and they make a legitimate impact on the experience with games that it's, I mean, unless you are putting this in your back pocket every single day and you have small back pockets, um, I have to, I have to suggest the XL
1: and the the XL is kind of uh, it's not totally matte, but it's mostly matte, right?
3: Yeah, it, it 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 like the outside, the colored parts are a little bit a little bit shiny, but for the most part, it is a matte system completely. That's, and you know what? I, I kind of like, like I like the matte better.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I love looking at the the current three DS because it's kind of it looks like a big piece of candy, but, it, but I get so <laughs> yes. obsessed with it with wiping off the fingerprints that it becomes a little. Psychotic. yes, so it's not healthy
3: but i i will I will tell you that like i my opinion first was <laughs> you know, I love the original three d s because it's so small, and I can just put it in my bag and it's not very cumbersome or whatever, but it it looks like a baby's three d s at this point now <laughs> in comparison, just because the the screen i mean the screens legitimately now to me on the original three d s look way too small. Huh. You know, with with kind of with the DS when the when the DS iXL came out, to me it's kind of like okay, this is a jumbo sized DS. Like the DS screen's never felt small to me. The the DS iXL was just like okay, this is a bigger version. Yeah. But now the the XL feels like the real 3DS to huh. me. Hmm. And the, D- the, the old D- 3DS feels like the small, petite, you know, 3DS <laughs> Mini.
1: It, it is interesting, though, how we've become so acceptable of the uh, accepting of the larger screens. Because I remember when the DSi XL was announced, people thought it was a joke. Yeah. I did. And and but now when the three D S XL everybody wanted a larger one, so Well it
3: was it was it was like the the DS for grandpa's and Yeah, it was a joke. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's funny. Anyway.
3: (laughs) But yeah, I I, the Vita the Vita has changed things. (laughs) We can never go back now thanks to the Vita. Yeah. But no, you know what, spend the extra twenty bucks. Get the XL. Maybe, maybe wait for a better color. I don't know. The, the black and red and the black and blue aren't terrible. But like I said, you know, if, if – I, I, I love the return of two-tone because the original DS, they had the, the pink and white there, and I loved it. I loved that two-toneness, you know. And then from there, everything became the one color, the solid, the solid pink, the solid green, the solid red. So I love this return back to two colors. <laughs> So they could do some awesome things with this, you know, with, like, black and other colors or white and other colors. So, um, It is time now for our game the, to, to make Hayden happy, the nichiest of them all, <laughs> a.k.a. the nichiest of them all. This is where the three of us each pick a game that we own or have owned at some point. And we say the name, and we are trying to stump our fellow co-hosts on what that game is. And And up first, I'm sorry. I was going to
1: say, and it has to have a North American equivalent, right? Yes, thank you. A Japanese game. (laughs) Yes,
3: and it has to have a North American equivalent. So you can't pick, you know, Super Happy Candy Fighter (laughs) Seven, came out in Japan on the MSX, and then nobody would know about. Right. Uh, and up first is the uh, the lovely Anne. She will be uh, the first to try to stump us with her choice. Gosh, I've been
0: first for everything today.
3: <laughs> That's what you get for having a name with an w um, so. no.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going for a cheap one this time because mine last time was the only one that both of you knew Everybody else at least stumped one person, so I'm going to cheap route, out, and I'll tell you the name of mine. It's Spider, the Secret of Bryce Manor.
1: <laughs> do, we get to, do we get to know what, this, what the
3: system is or not? I can't uh,
0: remember. I can, yeah. Uh, Shidoshi, is that what we do? Or...
3: Um, I I already know. the oh, no! I bet you. But uh, it, yes. If 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 you want to tell Brian the system, you are, you are you are welcome to.
0: It's iOS.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah, that's why well, it's I cheap. definitely do not
1: know the <laughs> Wait, can you? What was the name again? Spider the.
0: The secret of Bryce Manor.
1: My God! Well, I definitely don't know what it is.
3: All right. Well, take take a guess at what you think fr- from that name. What spider. you think it is?
1: Well, I mean, the name just <laughs> if it didn't have the spider part, <laughs> it sounds like some kind of you know, like um, um, oh, what are those games called where you're supposed to like circle the identical, uh, you know, like circle the two cherries in the picture? I don't even know what they're called. Hidden oh, hidden oh, images games. Oh, you,
3: you you mean the one where like it's it's Find the difference, or you just find the, the item in the picture? Are they both? <laughs> no. Yes, yes. Those are the two completely different genres oh, of, um, of picture gaming.
1: Yeah, well, okay. In my mind, they're similar. It reminds me of that kind of game because they always have such strange titles. Um, but I'm guessing that's not it. I'm guessing it has to do with the spider in somehow. So maybe. I, I'm going to say it's a platformer, but I know I'm wrong.
3: Okay then I would like my guest and I will say it is exactly what Brian was no! talking about it is it is a game where uh, they tell you to find like in this picture there's a dog and a a truck and a a uh, axe and things like that and you have to find the item in the picture along with a crazy story that somehow tries to explain to you why you are doing these find a picture games
0: oh, <laughs> i thought because you knew it was funny. for ios you would know what it is but i'm giving it away and that's not really what it is at all <laughs> but um yeah you're co- i think you're more close with just the platforming actually it's um more <laughs> more of a puzzle platformer than anything um well, I I was wrong. Yeah, you don't you don't. It doesn't ask oh you to find gosh. things at all. No, <laughs> you're a spider, and I, you.
3: Uh, I was certain that. That's no, the... no, <laughs> it does sound like one of those types oh, of no. games, though. Or like I. A... I know what this. Oh my god! I know what this is. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what this is. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Go
2: ahead.
3: But
0: um, yeah. It's a, so you're a spider, and um, it's you're controlling the spider with your um. Finger, you know, like you touch on the screen, and he'll walk in that direction, and um, it, you're basically making your way through this house, the Bryce Manor, of course, and um, you, each screen is like a it kind of got, is a puzzle, and you'll have different objects in it, and like some objects, you know, will be slippery, like icy or something, and so your spider will kind of slip to over them as he walks by. Um, But the goal basically is there are all of these bugs in the level and you want to try to eat all of the bugs. Um, And you can... You have a, a web and you have a meter that tells you how much your what what would you call it, your web juice you have. <laughs> I don't know. And so you can you can make so many webs and you like put it you touch the screen and you'll make a web there and then you can flick the screen and your spider will jump and he'll jump onto that web and then you can use that to maneuver around the levels. But if you run out of your web then you're stuck basically. So huh. Yeah, it's pretty cute. It's very I like the art style a lot and um the, it's just very nice and sort of different sort of atmosphere, and the gameplay is very interesting and intuitive. It came out quite a few years ago, yeah, yeah. for for iOS, because I had an iPhone back when I lived in the U.S. maybe 2009, 2010, and I got this for it then and was playing it, so it's a bit old, but it it really Mm -hmm. was an interesting use of the touch screen, the way you could flick it and your spider would go flying across the level, you know? It's just really (laughs) fun, I really enjoyed it, and it's a special uh, shout out because the developer uh, of the game is actually a Vermonter, so there aren't many Vermonters making games out there, so I was really happy to buy this game (laughs) and support a local developer, you know? so. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: oh, I feel so terrible. because I, I, I knew I. N- as soon as you said what it was, I knew exactly. Yeah, I thought it I was. thought you knew what it was, so I was a little confused when uh. <laughs> you said something different. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm
1: disappointed that it wasn't to find the image. Yeah, game. yeah.
3: It it has that kind of name. It has that exact name that you know, like it, it sounds like yeah. one of those things.
1: Yeah, because they keep they keep releasing games like that for the DS and the Wii, and I'm like, they always have these completely ridiculous, <laughs> right. you know, like flowery names. And like, what in the hell? Anyway, <laughs> well, I I applaud you. You stumped us both. Oh uh, yes, especially Shidoshi. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, I gave you the slip. I I'm shamed for for this. <laughs> So, Brian, it's your turn.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to preface mine with, um, I only picked it because I thought it might stump you two, but I think, you know, there are going to be plenty of people who will listen to this podcast and they're going to think I'm an idiot because it's really not that um, unheard of of a game. So, (laughs) with that said, the game I am picking is called Splash Lake, and it was released with that name in the United States and in Japan for the TurboGrafx-16 and the PC Engine. I,
3: I would I would correct you. It was a Turbo CD, actually. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I consider them all the same thing, but... <laughs> yes. So you know what it is.
3: So obviously I know uh, it is, but, but uh, and, no, I'm and the one that has no
0: idea. <laughs> well, I never, never played either of those, so the system so
3: make 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 a guess make a guess, make a guess? splash, yeah, what, you splash what again lake, lake? yes hmm.
0: it reminds me of splash mountain which is the name of a theme park <laughs> in new york that i used to go to so it makes me think of like <laughs> yeah a water theme park <laughs> uh what kind of game would that be i don't know <laughs> Flash Lake. Well, I'm gonna I uh, I'm gonna be lame and say that it's probably a platformer, just given the types of games that you play, <laughs> and that some <it's> really <laughs> weird platformer inv- involving lakes, I guess, water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so should I explain it, or do you, do you want to explain it, Shidoshi? Uh,
3: from my memory, it is a game where you play one of two. Uh I wanna say they were geese. I don't think they were ducks. Close. I think they were I think they were some sort of like waterfowl. <laughs> and <clears throat> it was it was like one of those like like kind of puzzly games where uh you would use your beak to to break bricks. I don't I I I have it and I act I mean I, I owned it and I actually played it, but I don't remember too much about how it how it played, but it was it's one of those, like, not same exact type, but it's like, you know, the Tricky Kick or the Boxel or or uh, Adventures of Lolo, like one of those kind of games where you, oh. you have a one-screen puzzle and you have to figure out how to solve it and get to the next stage.
1: Well, you, defi- you, you definitely know the game. The The style is a little different from what you're thinking of, but, I mean, you know what it is. Um, you actually play as an ostrich. I don't know why.
3: That's right, yes.
1: And you're... All the settings are on a lake, apparently, and there are kind of um, tiles over the lake that little enemies are running around on, and you have to hit your beak into the tiles on each end to try... Like, um, there are posts holding up all the tiles. uh, Like, say, a square, there will be four posts holding up the tiles that will make an open square, and you need to hit the ones on each side of the... Post. I'm not explaining this well. Basically, you need to make the tiles fall into the water and take the enemies with them. So it's kind yes. of like, I don't. I mean, people like to say it's like Bomberman. It's, there really isn't a game that I can think of that's exactly like it. But it's that you know single screen action puzzler, cute thing.
3: Yeah, there, you know, there's a game out there like, that that is is like. I can't think of it now. But yeah, it's basically like you have to, you have to break the the ground around enemies so that the, the Yes. The supports are gone so that the ground pieces drop.
1: You kinda of wanna trap them and not trap yourself so that you can, you know, send them into the lake. Right. <laughs> it's not the most like appealing game. It's one of those games where like you play it for ten levels and then you're like, okay, I don't really need to play it anymore but it's really cute and fun and I mean not I mean it's cute I like this the sprites and the music, but I wouldn't say it's, like, a must-have for the PC Engine by any means.
3: <laughs> the, the reason I got it was because um, there was a local game shop when I was younger that I would go to. And I was, like, one of the only people who ever went to that shop who bought TurboGrafx games. <laughs> so I go, I go in there one day, and, and they're like, all right, tell you what. <laughs> we will sell you. Because they're, they're like, we've got this whole entire collection of TurboGrafx games, and it's just, like, taking up space for us. <laughs> Whatever games you want, $0.60 a piece. Oh, my God. And you can have them. And so I'm like, "Um, all right. So I bought about like $20 worth of games and went home. And I went back about a week later, and they still had the exact same thing that was left over from when I was there last time. And they're like, okay, no, seriously. We want you to get just take these. (laughs) So they're like $0.25 each, and you can have these TurboGrafx games. (laughs) So I ended up buying out their entire collection. (laughs) Of of turbo games, so I had like all these games I would never played before, and of course I had like, you know, nine copies of of Keith <laughs> Alpha Zone and, and whatever. Um, but yeah, so like I got this whole huge turbo library like, super cheap, and so that was one of the games I, I bought from them. And so like I tried it for maybe about a half hour or so, <laughs> you know. But. And you're like, that's enough. Well, you know, it's like I just had so many at that point I just like couldn't didn't <laughs> know where to start. Yeah.
1: But, well, I'm jealous the poor yes. the poor turbo graphics for 25 cents well at least you got a deal did you still have those games
3: no oh. i ended up selling my entire collection i had like 70 games i had a turbo graphics the cd a turbo duo yeah. i had a TurboTap and five controllers for both systems and i sold the entire lot like all at once yeah <laughs> and i i i, I kind of miss it now cuz like there was something about the turbo graphics i really loved Cause it was this weird, like it's it's not eight bit, but it's not sixteen bit. Yeah, it's kind of like in between, and it was just I don't know. I, I just I loved that system, but it was just a point where I needed money, and yeah. I had a collection because I had like Dracula X and a bunch of stuff like that, you know. And my collection was worth enough that it was made more sense for me to sell it and get the money. But I miss it now. I do too.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so my game and I cannot give you the whole entire name for this game because it will spoil it, so I will not give you the subtitle. Oh. Uh, I, will tell you, I will tell you it is for the DS. And the game's name is Pop Cutie. Oh. <laughs> so what do you think uh. Pop Cutie is?
1: I've definitely never heard of it. Pop Cutie. Mm.
3: Pop Q, <laughs> and do you have a guess um,
0: at all? Well, I mean, based on the title, it does sound kind of like a music game, like you know, a one of these. Mm. Um, it, it almost reminds me of the the Japanese games where you kind of like are teaching like this young musical star and you're sort of you know you have to make her into mm. the pop star you know <laughs> but it probably isn't i have a feeling that's not what it is but that probably would be where my vote is going
3: brian i like her idea <laughs> well
1: like see here's the thing that's funny about these, because you know this is some kind of shovelware-esque game i'm hoping oh no it's not it is no uh, i
3: would i would never pick shovelware for this game <laughs> Huh. This is not shovelware.
1: Okay, well, see, I thought it was, and then I thought the shovelware kind of games are never, like, platformers, or they're not your standard game. They're always some kind of weird, you know, mishmash of other stuff. So, man, so now you're saying it's not...
3: I will tell you that any, anything I pick for this game is something I would play.
1: Huh. Anything you... <laughs> I have no
3: idea. I I I will I will tell you that uh, the the company who released it is Koei. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: that's strange. I you know I'm just drawing a complete blank. I have no idea. I liked Anne's idea, so even though I'm a, I'm guessing that's wrong now, I like. Her. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna support her.
0: Ah, thanks.
3: All right. Well, you are indeed both wrong. <laughs> uh, the The full title is. Pop Cutie Street Fashion Simulation. <laughs> uh, it is it is a game where you live in Japan and you run a a fashion boutique, and you actually get to pick like what styles of fashion. They have like this wide array of Japanese fashions in the game. Aww. and you pick like like which styles you're going to sell, and you try to basically set trends. And if a certain fashion is popular enough, then like a a, a a reporter will come by and like interview you about it, and then in the next fashion magazine, that 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 fashion will appear, <laughs> and so it'll make that fashion more popular. And then you can pick like colors and styles, and you can hire uh, like models to go out in the street and kind <laughs> of give pamphlets to people f- for your store and everything. And so it's it's kind of like I don't know if if either of you know like uh, yeah Style I was going say yes, I was just gonna say that yeah yes. It's, it's a more, like, Japanese-focused kind of game like that. Um, it's all 2D sprites versus the 3D oh. polygon stuff that was in Style Savvy. And it's got kind of a, a, a little bit of a crazier feel. Like, for example, if you want to have people dressing up as, like, cat girls, you <laughs> know? Or if you have when people like dressing up as like uh, uh, in kimonos or whatever. And, and if you make a fashion popular, then you'll see like outside your store on the, on the street, people will be walking around in your, in your fashion and everything. Uh, it's, it's a really, really, really fun game. And it, it's kind of like I said that, that you're managing your own clothing store, but it's got a little bit of a, a fun, crazy spin to it. Oh, um,
1: what, what a terrible title. <laughs> Pop Cutie. Yes. Oh well. I
3: don't know. I wonder what the initial. Let's see. Pop.
1: Well, I was going to ask: is that a is it a recent ish, like in the last six months, or?
3: No, it came out in uh, 2008. Oh.
1: Huh. Because huh. I know there, there was a Japanese game that came out within the last year that was like DS and 3DS that was kind of a style savvy ripoff, but that couldn't be it.
3: No, that was. Um, I know the game you're talking about. I don't remember the name. I don't think it's actually come out in America okay. yet.
0: So this, huh.
3: Or if it will at all. Uh,
0: so this one yeah. is a Japanese game. What's the Japanese title?
3: His- the Japanese title is That's QT <laughs> with the capital Q, <laughs> capital T. Okay.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, it was made by Koei in, in, in Japan and published by Koei over here as well. Uh, and yeah, you also have like fashion battles where you you decide like from from the stock you have, you decide like what top fashion you want to put up on the runway. So it's so it's if you've played Style Savvy at all, it does have a lot of connections. Uh, kind of the same kind of thing, you know. Where like you, you, you run the you run the store and you pick which fashions to stock, and then you have like kind of these fashion battles and things like that. But you know, it's a it's a fun little game. Well, <coughs> not. yes
1: oh i'm sorry i was just gonna say now you've made me want to look this game yeah up.
0: you know i kind of want it
3: <laughs> sounds <laughs> like something i would play it's uh amazon has it for six dollars oh. used, <laughs> or seven dollars and 95 cents new there you so go.
2: wow
3: yep so it's, it's not like a super duper awesomely great game but you know it's a it's a fun little game so is the the fun comes in the fact that they have a lot of interesting variety to the clothing you know they a lot of like japanese things and a lot of just like crazy like you can you can have everybody dress up in like prince fashion (laughs) like 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 royalty prince fashion you know or or everybody dress up as like power ranger fashion you know (laughs) so now have you
1: i'm guessing you've played style savvy i
3: i I own that too do you like that one as well yeah you know um it's funny because style savvy makes me really want to work at a at a store <laughs> helping customers, which I probably don't ever want to do in real life, yeah. but it, it makes you be like, man, I love helping customers. <laughs> um, no, you know, it, I, it kind of got a little dry after a while just cause it was kind of like the same thing over and over again. Yeah, uh, But I had fun with what I played of it and I need to go back to it someday.
1: It, it's just funny. Cause I was thinking it's a game that I read really good things about style savvy when it came out and I meant to buy it, and I don't know what happened. Um, and I thought about it today, because I think the trailer for the 3DS sequel came out. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, oh, now I want to go back and play the original one before the 3DS version comes out. So, I mean, obviously just for Japan at the moment, but I'm guessing, I, hopefully.
3: I didn't know a sequel was coming yeah. out. Yes. Yeah. Look
1: ar- uh, uh, well, I think well, there's been a st- trailer for it before, but a new trailer came out today, and I I don't remember if they released a release date or not. But, anyway, it looks good.
3: Style Savvy is $43. I know. Uh, Because it was a crazy niche title and that was Nintendo who released it, so they probably made, like, 10 copies. Yeah,
0: I'm surprised Um, they even released it in English, actually. I can't believe there's much of a market for these kind of titles.
3: I was very, very shocked, especially given Nintendo's record of not releasing anything yeah. in our country. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, I, I. They were just like they must have made a mistake one day. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, we're supposed to bring this game over. Okay. No, what you they know, really like, did like, was
1: they helped translate it for Europe, and then they accidentally shipped some to the United States. You're like, shit, we yeah. weren't supposed to do yeah. that.
3: <laughs> no, yeah, they, they. It was an app. Yeah, they, they they purposely were trying to not release it here. <laughs> And then one box of it accidentally got onto a GameStop shelf somewhere, yeah. you know.
1: Someone was fired.
3: Yes. <laughs> Over style savvy. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I think that's our show.
0: Yay. Woohoo!
3: Two episodes. <laughs> two hours this time. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. It is a curse of having me as one <laughs> of the that, that shows cannot run short. Well, at least
1: it wasn't four hours, right?
3: No, seven hours. And to be to be fair, our our, our last show was an hour forty three, so this isn't that mm-hmm. different. Okay.
1: Well, yeah. and there was like a five minute leg there because of uh, I can't remember what, but you know, yes, be a little shorter.
3: Yes, that that will be cut out, and nobody will know about. <laughs> right, never mind. Yes, but cool. So uh, maybe we'll do this again sometime a month later.
1: Let's hope.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right?
3: Are you Are you guys enjoying this? Yes. Yeah. yeah I am.
0: For sure. I hope. Right. I hope the, everybody the... else is enjoying it
3: too.
1: Yes. Let's hope we're not the only three listening to it. That would be sad.
2: Right.
3: No. We we got we actually got a decent amount of comments from the first episode. Good. So. And you know what I'll do is I'll I will put an email address in the show notes for this show. Uh probably will be like nichiest at morningproject.com but you can check the show notes and so if you have any kind of feedback for the show or if there's any topics you want to talk about anything you want to say uh, either connected to what we said on this show or anything other you know niche game related or niche game related (laughs) depending on what part of the country you are from uh, you can send us an email and we will read it on the next show Right? Yep.
2: yep.
1: Thank you.
3: All right. Then for Brian and for Anne, for Anne and for Brian <laughs> uh I'm Shidoshi and this has been uh the second episode of the nichiest podcast ever.